0: Hello out there! Happy holidays out there to my favorite listeners in the whole entire world. I'm back! Yes, she's back, Isabella L. Price, coming at you from the beautiful city of Seattle, Washington. How are you, darlings? I missed you so much. All right, so this is the anniversary episode of nocturnal emissions. I can't even believe this. I can't even believe that I've been doing this for a whole entire year. Um, It feels like I just started a couple of months ago. I'm actually recording in my home right now because like a grown-up, I bought my own audio equipment and um, instead of going into the studio every night, which was killing me, um, I'm just recording from home now. So Hopefully, this is a much better kind of a setup. But oh my goodness, like a true professional, I have my phone on. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So, a couple of things um, I wanted to say is that if you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy spending time with me and you want to make me happy, which of course you do you would go into iTunes uh, or Stitcher or uh, iTunes. Stick with iTunes. Um, You would give this a five-star rating. I'll even take a four-star. You know, if you're feeling kind of choosy, like you don't want to give me a five-star because you're being stingy or whatever, um, I'll accept a four-star rating. That would be great. That would help other people to discover this podcast as well. And also, if you wanted to... um, get updates on where I'm at and what I'm doing, then you can join the Facebook group, Facebook page, and that's Nocturnal Emission Show at Facebook. It's fairly simple. And if you wanted to get in touch with me on Twitter, then you can follow knock and Miss at Noc Miss N-O-C-E-M-I-S-S, and that's another way of getting in contact with me. Also, I would really appreciate it that if you wanted to send me an email, you had any sort of stories, firsthand experiences of the paranormal, the supernatural, that you could contact me on uh, by email. So that's nocturnal emissions show at gmail.com. I should have thought about how long that was before I signed up for it, but oh well, here we are. So that's nocturnal emissions Show at gmail.com, I would love to hear your stories, I would love to hear about hauntings, if you saw a squatch, that's short for Sasquatch, if you have had any sort of UFO sightings or anything like that, I would love to hear about them. Okay, so one year anniversary, Um, I'm so excited um, to be doing this for another year this next year 2000 uh, into 2019 it's going to be huge we're going to be doing so many exciting things what I'm talking about is more episodes they're going to be on time this time (laughs) I swear to you Uh, we're also going to have special guests that are going to come in I'm going to to reach out more to people who are out of state, so hopefully we'll have some more high-profile people coming in. Uh, I also have a live show at the Northwest Film Forum that starts in January, so once a month starting in January, the Northwest Film Forum in Capitol Hill. I will be showing one very special horror film for you guys, and also there'll be a live show and raffles and trivia and prizes, and it'll be a whole... Hoot nanny, a, a horror hoot nanny for you people. I'll be there, and my boobies will probably be out, so it's a treat for the whole family. Bring everybody down, grandma, grandpa, kitties, woofer, whatever. Bring them all down. Uh, also, uh, we're talking about doing some uh, uh, fictional things as well, some readings uh, from fictional things. It's I'm just I'm trying to bring the horror to Seattle. Okay, I mean it's horrible enough. I don't know if you've uh, been on the dating scene but that's traumatizing enough. But I'm trying to bring uh, the horror into Seattle and and trying to do more spooky things, so hopefully it'll work out. Okay, so for tonight's show, let me get my list up. Uh, Actually, let's take a quick break before I start talking about what next we have, okay? Hold on to your butts. Alright, and we're back. So the first thing that we'll be talking about is the cryptids, one of the most famous cryptids of the entire Pacific Northwest region, and you will probably know exactly who I'm talking about, and that is the Bigfoot. Now If you've been to the Pacific Northwest, you understand that this is Bigfoot country. And not just because of all the Bigfoot merchandise that you'll see out there, but also for the fact that out here, there have been a record amount of Bigfoot sightings. Um, So much so that our own uh, National Guard actually has a page dedicated to the legend of the Bigfoot. Now, this is according to their website. The legends of Bigfoot go back beyond recorded history and cover the world. In North America, and particularly the Northwest, you can hear tales of seven-foot-tall hairy men stalking the woods, occasionally scaring campers, lumberjacks, hikers, and the like. Bigfoot is known by many titles with many different cultures, although the name Bigfoot is generally attributed to the mountainous region of North America. The common name Sasquatch comes from the Salish Sasquits while the Algonquin of the north-central region of the continent referred to it as the Watiko or Wendigo. Other nations tell of a large creature much like a man, but imbued with special powers and characteristics. The Ojibwe of the northern plains believe the Wagaru appeared in times of danger, and other nations agree that the hairy apparition was a messenger of warning, telling man to change his ways. North American settlers started reporting sightings during the late 1800s and into the 1900s with the occasional finding of footprints, sporadic encounters, and even a few grainy photos and videos adding to the mystery. Those who claim to have seen Bookfoot have described everything from a large upright ape to an actual hairy human, sometimes standing over 8 feet tall and described as powerfully built. The debate and research continue. Entire organizations exist to study and document Bigfoot and prove its existence, and groups regularly search the Northwest woods looking for that ultimate proof. Now, a lot of Native American tribes have this legend, um, as, as I've just stated, and I think it's very interesting that uh, many cultures all over the world have legends of a large ape-like humanoid creature and that we have so many recorded sightings of people uh, who have seen the Bigfoot up here. Now, myself, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't want to meet Bigfoot. I really don't. Um, I mean, I, I like a big man, but I, I don't really like hair. It's not really my thing, but you know, it kind of gets things stuck in it. It's kind of a little messy, but regardless, uh, what we also had um, was we also have the legend of the bat squatch. Now, this is something that I just learned. Um, I've never heard of the bat squatch a day in my life, and it was just looking around on cryptid sites, you know, as you do, where I ran into this. And it seems to be tied together with um, our horrible tragedy when Mount St. Helens, the volcano up here, erupted, and... Um, ever since then, much like the East Coast Rust Belt sightings of the Mothman, uh, we have had sightings of a creature that looks like a Sasquatch, but also has a large uh, set of wings, which is terrifying. Um, So, uh, according to Cryptid Wiki, On April 1994, Brian Canfield was driving in Washington's Pierce County when his truck suddenly died. Canfield said a large creature landed in front of him. He said it was human-like, nine feet tall, with bat-like wings, and also sported a coat of blue fur. Ever since then, it has not been seen, and skeptics dismiss it as a hoax. A possible second sighting was reported in 2009 near Mount Shasta in California. Several hikers witnessed a huge creature with leathery wings spanning about 50 feet fly out of a crevice in the mountain. At first, an eyewitness described the creature as having a head similar to a pterodactyl. However, upon reconsideration, the witness claimed it was more akin to a bat or a fox. On June 11th, Phoenix Teraz, which is a pseudonym, was in his yard walking his dog. He went to pick up the dog when he saw something in the sky. He said the following, quote, I saw something flying in the sky. It had bat wings, blue fur, and a face similar to eyes glowing red. It was about nine feet tall at the least. After I watched, it just flew away, unquote. On April 14th, 2014, at Archbishop Hoban High School in Akron, Ohio, a second person, a second period Spanish class, spotted a large black mass zip up by the window of the classroom at incredible speed. The class claims it was about nine feet tall with a ten oh sorry, a twenty to thirty foot wingspan. Now, the thing that terrifies me about this is that these aren't old sightings. These are sightings that are just now starting to happen in the modern age. This is two thousand up to two thousand fourteen, so you know this kind of idea that there is a new modern creature. This isn't a, a creature of lore. This isn't a legendary creature. This is a creature that's just now starting to come up. You know, there's a lot of theories about what these creatures are. Are they um, are they interdimensional beings? Are they creatures that come from other worlds? Are they um, y- you know aliens? There's really no certainty about any of these things, of course, naturally. I mean, none of these things are are an exact science. There's so much mystery around these uh, things. And I I think it's actually kind of of comforting to think that there's more new mysteries happening all the time, all around us, and that there's so much that's going on that is just um, unexplained and wondrous. So to the bat squatch, Darling, if you're listening out there, um, let's never meet. Um, you're a, a bit out of my height range, um, but I hope that you're doing well. Happy holidays. Happy Halloween, darling. I hope that you are having a, a fantastic meal with your family and that you will stay away from me. Great. Alright. So after a quick little short break, we'll be back with a deliciously spoopy short story. Hold on, darlings. All right, so I've got a short story for you. Um, I'm hoping that you will enjoy this uh, particular story. Okay, okay. I know, I know you love a good creepy pasta. This one is titled The Same Trick-or-Treater Keeps Coming to My House. He's starting to scare me. I hate Halloween for many reasons. I have to answer the door every 10 minutes. I have to pretend like I'm excited to give bratty kids free candy. I have to stay inside because driving on the road filled with crazy running children gives me panic attacks. I plopped down in the chair by the window. Hordes of children in garish costumes ran down the sidewalks, shepherded by tired mothers. I sighed as a group of children crossed the street and started towards my house. Ding! The doorbell chimed, echoing inside the house. I heaved myself up, grabbed the bag of Milky Ways and walked towards the door. Trick or treat! Five kids stood on the doorstep, a few princesses, a batman, and a devil. I unceremoniously grabbed handfuls of candy and plopped them in each kid's bag. One murmured, thank you, and the rest were ungrateful little bats. Can I have more? I looked up. The devil kid was staring at me, holding on his bag. His blonde hair shone in the porch light. His eyes were Piercing ice blue. There was something oddly familiar about him, but I—I I couldn't place it. Um, sure. I replied. I dropped a few Milky Ways in the bag. He didn't thank me. He just silently turned around and walked off my porch, following the other children. I shut the door and returned to my perch by the window. I watched as the four children walked off my lawn, drawing a mother at the end of the driveway. Then the group disappeared into the shadows of dusk. Scarcely two minutes later, the doorbell rang again. Ding! I grabbed a bag of Milky Ways and tromped to the door. I straightened my blouse, plastered a smile on my face, and swung the door open. Trick or treat! A similar mix of kids two Elsas, Marshall from Paw Patrol, and a ninja. How scary you all look, I said. They giggled and swarmed around for candy, all except for the ninja. He stood back from the rest, silently watching. His entire face was covered with black cloth, slave for his chilling blue eyes. Thank you! The kids cheered, stepped off the porch. As they did, the ninja kid stepped forward. His eyes glinted under the porch light, and even though his mouth was covered, I could tell he wasn't smiling. Can I have more? He said. My blood ran cold. It was the same voice. I stood there in the doorway, frozen. The milky bag hung limply from my hands. There's no way he could have changed costumes that fast. How how could it be him? This must be some kind of joke. Can I have more? He asked again. I snapped out of my thoughts. Sure, of course. I said. I threw a large handful of monkey-waves in his plastic jack-o'-lantern bowl. That's when I noticed it was empty. If he'd been trick-or-treating all evening, how could it be empty? H- hey, I said. Are, are you okay? But he had already turned away, running back across my lawn. In seconds he was gone, camouflaged in the dusky shadows among the fellow trick-or-treaters. I sat back down on the chair and stared out at the floor. I didn't want to look at the swarms of kids anymore. I just wanted to be alone. Those blue eyes. I know I've seen them somewhere before. And not under good circumstances. Whenever I'd seen them before, something bad or embarrassing must have happened at the time. Seeing them again filled me with an inexplicable dread. I ran my fingers through my hair. Maybe he came to my house last year, but that didn't make sense either. Last year I'd been over at my ex-boyfriend Drew's house. We'd gotten into a terrible fight that lasted for hours, and I'd left late. I hadn't handed out a single piece of candy. Tap. My head jolted up. Tap, tap. Through my own reflection in the glass, in the dark shadows of dusk, I I could make out something. A pair of blue eyes. I jumped back with a terrified shriek. Then I grabbed the cord and pulled. The blinds dropped with a clatter. Thump, thump. His footsteps raced over to the damp grass, fading into the night. Who the hell is he? I didn't have time to think about it. Ding. I didn't move. I didn't want to answer the door and see that kid again. Ding, ding. But I also knew I couldn't listen to the doorbell ring for ten minutes. I heaved myself out of the chair, forced a smile, and swung it open. Trick or treat! My eyes glanced over the trick or treaters nervously. A fairy with curly hair, an Incredibles boy with brown eyes, a little girl in a tutu. None of them were him. I breathed a sigh of relief. Here you go, I said with a grin. I was so relieved. I gave each of them about 10 Milky Ways. They squealed in delight and scampered back towards their parents. I slowly pushed the door closed. It squeaked against the hinges and then slammed shut. I returned to my chair. I glanced at my phone, 8.19 PM. The din of children outside was finally fading. When I peeled back the blinds, the flow of little costume figures was heading towards the main road. Within 20 minutes, the noises faded to silence. I flipped through a book, checked my text, and got comfortable. Ding! I picked up the candy bag, which was now nearly empty. Only four fun-sized bars floated in the bottom. I hope it's not more than four kids. It wasn't. It was just one child. He was wearing some sort of werewolf costume. The outfit was black, tufts of fur haphazardly taped to his body, On his head was a hideous mask. A plastic snout was contorted into a snarl, revealing yellow teeth. Fake blood dripped from his mouth, caking the fur on his shoulders. Do you want some candy? I asked, my voice starting to waver. I glanced at the road. It was empty. All the kids were gone. A terrible dread sunk in my heart. A hand quivered on the doorknob. Can I have some more? I slammed the door shut in his face. I clicked the locks. I ran to the back door and locked it. I closed the window. Then I threw myself into the chair and sobbed. The costume was familiar, horribly familiar. The yellow, sightless eyes, the pointed plastic teeth, familiar and alien all at once. I wrapped my arms around my knees and sat there, motionless on the couch, listening to the silence. Thump. I jolted up. Thump. My heart throbbed in my chest. I whipped around, looking for the source of the noise. Hello, I called. Thump. It was coming from the living room. I squinted in the shadows, trying to make sense of the shapes. I could see the silhouette of the floor lamp near the window. The bulky outline of the couch. Something stood between them. Something short, with a horrible, contorted face. Can I have some more... The voice quietly called out of the darkness. How did you get in here? I scrambled back into the family room. The golden light enveloped me, and I felt slightly better. He's probably just some lost kid, I told myself. I'll call the police. They'll find his parents. It's, it's all just some misunderstanding. We'll find your parents, okay? I said, choking back the fear. Let me just make a call. We'll get you home safely, okay, buddy? He didn't reply. Instead, he took a slow step forward. As he came towards the light, I saw there was something terribly off about him. His head tilted strangely to one side. His left arm was twisted and mangled. With each step, his body lurched forward unnaturally. Uh, are you okay? I asked. Silence. The fake blood that dripped from the werewolf's snout now soaked him. His pale little hands were covered in red, shiny liquid. The black outfit glistened in the light. The fur was caked and matted. Can I have some more? I backed into the family room. I fumbled for my phone. It was gone. I grabbed at anything I could find, and my hands latched into the nearly empty candy bag. This, I asked, is this what you want? The child didn't reply. He took a step forward. Here, you can have it. In my terrified state, I threw it at him. The bag bounced off his chest and landed at his feet. He didn't pick it up. Can I have some more? I gave you more! He looked at me with those horribly familiar yellow eyes. Then he stopped. He stood just a few feet from me, bloody hands hanging stiffly at his sides. I took a step back and hit the wall. I was cornered. Who are you? I yelled. My plan to stay calm and call the police was long gone. I descended into panic. Why won't you leave me alone? The tiny black pupils fixed on me, and he spoke. For the first time, he didn't ask for more. Do you remember me? What are you talking about? Do you remember what you did to me? His high-pitched, lisping voice was muffled with the mask. Do you remember what you did one year ago? One year ago, one year ago, on Halloween night. How could I forget? I was storming out of Drew's house, fuming, swearing I'd never see him again. Slam, the sound of my car door cut sharply through the night. The engine revved underneath me. The headlights blinked out on the darkness. I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about the fight. I didn't even glance behind me before I backed out of the driveway. Thump. I never even saw him. The black werewolf costume against the night rendered him nearly invisible. It was over before I knew what was happening. When I ran out of the car, I, I saw the broken, mangled body of the little boy in a werewolf costume and ripped the mask off to see his lifeless eyes. Staring back up at me, I didn't call the police. I didn't call for help. I panicked. I got back into the car, drove over the grass, peeled out of the neighborhood before anybody could see what was done. Do you remember, Eliza? The child cocked his head at an even greater angle as he stared at me through the mask. Do you remember now? I I do. I choked through sobs. I'm so sorry. I I didn't mean to. I I was upset. I wasn't paying attention. Can I have more? I looked up. He'd taken off his mask. The left side of his head was crushed. Blood dripped down his face, staining his pale skin, caking his blonde hair. One ice-blue eye was squashed deep in its socket. The other was perfectly intact. His neck was bent at a horribly unnatural angle. "'Can I have some more?' he asked. His lips parted to reveal shattered teeth, a scarred tongue. "'Can you have more what?' I asked. Can I have some more time, more time, more time alive I, I wish i I wish I could give that to you. My breath shuddered in my throat. I, I wish i could I could give you life. You can. He replied, his voice suddenly became raspier, darker. Just give me yours. I stared at him, numb. Weak. My heart ached for the poor, pathetic, mangled child in front of me. It was all my fault. I ran him over. I did this to him. I I can't give you mine, I said. I backed away further into the room. He advanced quickly, walking towards me in swift, lithe strides. You don't have a choice, he said. What are you talking about? His mouth widened into a crooked grin. Trick or treat! I bolted for the door. I yanked the door open, ran across the yard, screamed out into the night. I didn't stop until one of the neighbors found me standing in the middle of the road, absolutely incoherent. That was one year ago. In two days, it'll be Halloween again. I've already seen him. A small figure across the street, dressed all in black, watching me, waiting, wearing a hideous werewolf mask. All right, darlings, that's all I have prepared for you tonight, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for you guys to spend your... All Hallows Eve together with me. I hope that you have a really safe. Uh, fantastic Halloween it's the best time of year but over here on Nocturnal Emissions Radio we do not celebrate Halloween just for one night no Halloween is every night every day is Halloween here and I'm so happy that you're spending it together with me I hope that you will join me again in two weeks time where we'll have another episode and I hope to see you at the live show starting in January And uh, hopefully I'll see you online as well. I hope that you have a great night. And remember, stay weird. Bye!